It's a crossover Thursday on the Locked on Giants podcast. Plus, we hear from New York Giants fullback Eli Penny. That's coming up next. You are Locked on Giants, your daily New York Giants podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, New York Giant fans, and welcome to another edition of the Lock on Giants podcast, part of the Lock on Podcast family, your team every day. My name is Patricia Trena. Thank you so much for making the Lock on Giants podcast your first listen of the day, and welcome everybody to a crossover Thursday. Coming up on today's show, we're going to hear from Chris Clark. He's one of the co-hosts of the Lock on Chiefs podcast, and he helped break down the Kansas City Chiefs, whom the New York Giants will face on Monday night. So he's going to give us all the lowdown. And as usual, I appeared on their show, the Lockdown Chiefs podcast. So if you want to hear what I had to say about the Giants, you can head on over and check out the Lockdown Chiefs podcast. But before we get to the crossover section of the uh, podcast, I promised you guys and gals an interview with Eli Penny, and I was able to get that for you on Wednesday. Now, again, as has been the case with some of my player interviews, unfortunately, I don't have video. The interview set up by the Giants is on their patio um, in the elements, and it was a little bit windy when I did the interview. So uh, I did my best to try and clean up the audio to get rid of some of the wind noise. I, I did what I could without compromising the audio. But anyway, the interview is about roughly six minutes, some good stuff from Eli Penny. Uh, We talked about his short yardage role. We talked about, you know, his increased snaps, how he's handling, you know, basically being the, the emergency guy, the guy that they don't really give a second thought to unless there's an injury and whatnot, just so many great things. And Eli was just tremendous, a a very friendly guys, always smiling. And Oh, by the way, I came up with a nickname for him and he seemed to like it. He likes to be called Mr. Dependability. So, uh, That's his new nickname as far as I'm concerned. So without any further ado, folks, I'm going to play for you that interview with Mr. Dependability, Eli Penny, the New York Giants fullback. All right. So, Eli, you've been the model of patience. I mean, a guy that is on the roster, a guy that when he's called, he steps up, he does all these great things. What's the secret to being patient? I mean, you're a competitor. You want to be out there. How do you balance being patient with, you know, doing what you're asked? I think it just boils down to just being professional, really. The players that I've played with in the past, like I played with some pretty good runners, uh, some Hall of Fame guys. So just, you know, and i always kind of been in this role my whole career. So, and I know I'm a good player. So, like, I take it back to my time when I was in Arizona, just learning from those guys like AP, Chris Johnson, David Johnson. Andre, it was so many good running backs I played behind. So just understanding my role and just understanding patience, like you're saying, but at the same time, just being professional. What, you know, you mentioned learning from those guys. They obviously teach you the finer points of of the game and all that stuff. The part about being professional, that's a very broad term. Can you just elaborate a little on that and what you learned from those guys? So what I, what I mean by just being professional is just like just kind of just staying ready, you know, just never like taking myself out the game plan. You know, I'm not a guy that's going to get 20 snaps a game, you know what I'm saying? But just the, 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 the meaning of staying professional to me is just always stand out in, like, you know, making sure I'm going to those uh, protection meetings, extra protection meetings, 
extra running back means, you know, learning more things at the F, learning things at special teams. So, like you said, just always stand ready for the moment because I never know my name's going to be called. You know, running back's a tough position. So, when people go down and, you know, somebody got to step up. So, when you say going to extra meetings, are those meetings optional or do you have to be in them or? Uh, just extra, just really extra meeting time with annual, extra meeting time with uh, Saquon, just so I can just always be, you know, prepared. I, I'm a guy that I just kind of live my life, my off the field life that way too. Just, you know, always being prepared, expect the unexpected, and just be ready to go when my when my name is called. Do you feel like sometimes, you know, you every time you get the ball in your hands, you're doing something good with it. Do you feel like sometimes you catch opponents off guard with that? Possibly. I would like to be a guy that, you know, just, you know, they know it's coming, but, you know, that's not my role. But, I mean, I feel like I do sometimes, or maybe they don't expect a lot from me. But, you know, when I get the ball in my hands, I either know that I'm uh, I'm going to make an efficient run or if it's sure, a sure yard situation, like I know 100% in my mind I'm going to get the first year. Now, you had a season-ending injury. Was it last year, I think it was? Yeah. How hard was that for you? Uh, it was hard because, like, I'm, I'm a guy I like to uh, take pride on just being available. You know, I think that's my biggest, like, one of my biggest strengths is just being available to whatever I got to do or whatever I'm asked to do. So, you know, just watching those games, those last two games of the season, it was just really hard for me just to watch that. Knowing my teammates is out there, knowing the prep, preparation they put in for the week to play that game, it's just hard for me to just watch, you know, that, watch a whole football game without myself playing, knowing that I can go out there and contribute. Now, the coaches have you doing quite a number of roles uh, for them out there, lead blocker, back out of the backfield, occasional runner, short down yardage guy, special teams. Can you just talk about how all those roles have come together to kind of get you to this point? Uh, no, well, those roles, Coach Judge always is like telling me, like, I got to be dependable, the most dependable guy on the team. And really, like, I, it helps me on the field a lot to just get more touches and to, to be in, in those situations. But I think what a lot, a lot of what it helped me a lot with is just my off the field preparation as well. So I'm like, man, I'm off the field. I try to like do everything right. I like to pay my bills on time. I like being dependable in other aspects of my life. So you're probably one of these guys that's on time, for five sure. minutes early. For sure. For sure. You know, sure. Mr. Dependability. Yeah. So that kind of, you know, and I, I didn't, you know, I never thought of myself as like a dependable person. Like, you know, I just always thought to just do what I have to do. But, you know, labeling myself as someone to be dependable, you know, it means a lot to me, and I, I, I enjoy that. <laughs> and you smile all the time, which is pretty uh, cool. Yeah, all the time. I don't so, know where I get it from. <laughs> hey, if you're happy, why not, right? Yep. Can you just talk about specifically how special teams has made you better as a running back, as a short yardage guy, and has it changed your vision or, or how your your patience? How has it affected you? It, uh, well, first, we I did not like special teams in high school. I did not like it in college. But, you know, coming to the league and then just coming out of Idaho, I knew I had to be turning to one of those guys. And uh, our coaching staff here, Amos was the first my first special team coach in Arizona. I played well for him. And then I came here with T-Mac, and T-Mac just kind of like, you know, elevated my game with so much knowledge and, and so much wisdom about the game. So And he teaches me the game inside the game. So T-Mac and Quinny, I give those guys, like, man, a tremendous amount amount of respect because, you know, I feel like without them, like, I wouldn't have extended my career to where I'm at now. So I give a lot of praise to uh, Coach T-Mac and Coach Quinny. Now, when Saquon eventually comes back, I would imagine, you know, you've been the number two back behind Devonta right now. When Saquon comes back, you'll probably go back to being short yardage, whatnot. I mean, it's not hard. I mean, especially... 
you know, again, you've been playing well in that short yardage. I think you converted three out of the four. I think and, I and, read it all four. Was it all four? Okay, I, I, my bad. My bad. I'm sorry. But you know, my point being is, is, you know, that's your goal. But you can do so much more. You even had one where I think you, you ran for four yards and you set up Graham Scano's one of his field goals a little closer. So is that going to be hard for you, knowing that those opportunities aren't good? I mean, because you played like 29 snaps. Mm-hmm. Is that going to be hard for you, knowing that those snaps might be reduced? Not really, because I'm just a, a, a dude who just, I just understand my role and I understand the game, you know, and I just try to teach the, my teammates the same thing, like, you know, we all got a, a role, like, no matter who you are, from the superstars to the role players like myself, we all got a role to play, and I feel like, you know, I understand that and I know my role and I'm understanding of that, so it just helps me much, you know, it, it helps me much more just understanding my role, really, so when he comes back, I expect him I, we talk all the time. I tell him he's the greatest in the world. So he know his role on the team. I know my role, and Devontae know his role. So you know. It's- all right, folks. I hope you enjoyed that segment with Eli Penny, aka Mister Dependability. Coming up in just a bit, we are going to hear from Chris Clark, one of the co-hosts of the Lockdown Chiefs podcast, for our crossover Thursday segment. That's coming up in just a moment. All right, Giant fans, this episode of the Locked on Giants podcast is brought to you in part by McDonald's, proudly serving communities since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty and affordable food. It's a place where friends and family can reconnect, recharge, and refuel on a menu satisfying just about any taste or craving. So head to your local McDonald's today the next time you're feeling peckish. McDonald's, I'm loving it. Hey, Giant fans, no matter what you need for your car, Truck Rock Auto is sure to have it in its extensive online catalog. RockAuto.com offers brand name parts for every make, model, and manufacturer at highly competitive prices, and they ship right to your door. Visit RockAuto.com and be sure to write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so that they know we sent you. That's RockAuto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car or truck will ever need rockauto.com and welcome back giant fans to the crossover section of the locked on giants podcast our weekly crossover where we grill the host of the opposing team that's coming up to get all the lowdown everything we need to know about the team and this week of course the giants have the kansas city chiefs and joining me now on the podcast is chris clark he is one of the co-hosts of the locked on chiefs podcast make sure you're checking out their podcast this week for all their information as well as for my interview with them where i talk about the giants and chris thanks so much for joining me how you doing do great, Patricia. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. No problem, Chris. Great to have you. Let's jump right in. Got to start with Patrick Mahomes. Now, uh, two things with him. First off, his what? Where is he with this injury that he had? It looked like he got ding. And then I want to ask you about his his uh, play this year. But let's start off with the injury situation. So right now, as we record, and we are recording this on Tuesday night, so it's a little early, but right now he is not in any kind of concussion protocol. He didn't get a concussion, according to the team, according to him. He is expected to play as of right now. Uh, The one thing I will say, and this has happened before, uh, you know, players that get concussions, symptoms can start later on. So, you know, with the hit that he took and with the way he looked, I just can't imagine he didn't have a concussion, but as of right now, it doesn't look like he did. 
Well, fingers crossed that that doesn't develop because those are scary. But let's mm-hmm. talk about his performance. Now, you know, everybody's expecting Patrick Mahomes, the MVP. He's been a little shaky. It almost looks like he's been forcing some plays. I, I, I don't know how many interceptions he has, but I know it's a high number for him at any rate. Yep. What's changed in his play? Is it that he's not trusting the offensive line? Is he trying to force things? Did something change in the way they're calling the plays? What what do you see as being different? So there's multiple things that are different. And I think that it's a combination of things when it comes to him. Uh, He has, I think, four interceptions this year uh, that have hit off his wide receiver's hands. He had back-to-back games where he hit Tyree Kill on the hands and it bounced off his hands and it was intercepted by somebody else. One of those went for a pick six against Buffalo. Uh, and then it also happened the next week as well. So, you know, you're looking at those types of situations. Those interceptions aren't really on him. Obviously, he counts against him. I think he's got nine on the year right now, uh, which is a ton for him. And that really goes back to looking at when he came in the league, Ryan and I were thinking that he was going to throw a lot of picks his first couple of seasons. Just, you know, a rookie quarterback or a young guy coming in would throw a lot of picks. And he really didn't. Uh, and so you got used to him taking care of the ball and not, you know, doing stupid plays. He's had a couple of really bonehead interceptions this year. Uh, he had one against the Ravens. He had another one where he was basically falling down and he just threw it up and it became an interception going the other direction. And those are the types of plays that have just really killed Kansas City. And then you take into account the number of fumbles that this team has had as well. And it's just been a compound effect that's really slowed the offense down. They're scoring when they keep the ball the entire drive. uh, And they're not really kicking – they're not really punting or they're not kicking field goals. They're either turning the ball over or they're scoring touchdowns. That's generally the way Kansas City's offense has been working, uh, except for this past week where they punted a lot against the Tennessee Titans. So then you look at what else is going on with Mahomes. You start looking at uh, his offensive line. It's completely changed from last year. Five new offensive starters. Uh, The interior of the offensive line has been playing phenomenal. The tackles have struggled a bit. But I also look at the way he's taking his drops. And if you can go back to maybe the San Francisco game where they were playing in the Super Bowl and and they ran that uh, jet chip wasp play where he had to drop back 10 or 11 yards uh, just to be able to get the ball off. He's been doing that on more and more dropbacks this year. And that is killing your offensive tackles, especially a guy like Orlando Brown Jr., who's not used to having to, you know, take that wide of a stance and, and go out and get the guy. And you're expecting, you know, to be able to push a guy past somebody at 10 or 11 yards, not have the quarterback right there where he can get sacked really easily 10 or 11 yards. So I think it's a combination of things, honestly. All right, let's back up a little bit here. The the Chiefs are coming off of uh, basically – a devastating loss. I mean, mm-hmm. the Titans, let's call it for what it is. They took the Chiefs lunch money. <laughs> they absolutely did. Absolutely. So I, I know, you know, again, we are recording this on a Tuesday night because of the scheduling so that we can have this out to everybody on Thursday. But what was the mood like after such a, a devastating loss? Because this is not a typical loss for the Chiefs. They, they don't usually get blown out like this. How have they been, you know, based on, on what you observed, post game how did they take it how do you think they will use this blowout loss against the titans as they go forward to uh, monday night against the giants you know the thing that is concerning to me is that i thought tennessee was a good team 
I thought that it could be a good game. I thought Kansas City should be able to win, and they should be able to still put up 30 points because if you look at what Tennessee did the week before against the Buffalo Bills, the Bills scored a ton of points against Tennessee's defense. Uh, So I expected that to still be the case. And then you also looked at a situation where Tennessee was down a lot of their corners, so you would think that they'd be able to move the ball. Kansas City, just their offense can't get out of their own way at times, and that has really hurt them these past couple of weeks. Uh, I think that what they're looking at right now is they have to look across the board at everything that they're doing offensively and especially defensively. You know, when you look at that Tennessee game, Tennessee's defense or Tennessee's offense took them to the woodshed in the passing game. It wasn't Derrick Henry that ran for 200 yards, which is what I was expecting. It was the passing game that got Tennessee all the points or for the most part, most of the points. And so I think that really kind of threw things off. I think Kansas City was expecting more of a running game from Derrick Henry, uh, and they weren't ready for it. And I think that is probably bad coaching. But then you start looking at what the offense is doing, and you have guys that are banged up. Tyree Kill's banged up. Travis Kelsey's banged up. Patrick Mahomes is banged up, whether or not he has a concussion or not. He's been hit enough to where he still has some injuries he's dealing with. So offensively, I think you have to simplify things, and you have to get – Mahomes in situations where he's taking three steps or five steps and getting the ball out immediately. Uh, I think what you've seen the past couple of years is he will get out in the, uh, you know, he'll get out on the sides and he'll make some amazing play. And right now he's trying to do that too much. And I think that's one of the biggest problems with the offense is he's not playing in the offense. He's trying to uh, do Patrick Mahomes things, which is great at times, But if he's staying in the offense, I think it's going to be a lot more efficient and he'll get the ball out and he won't turn it over as much. And what about the offensive line? I know that was a big point Mm -hmm. of emphasis for the Chiefs in the offseason, especially after what happened at the Super Bowl. How is that unit uh, played? It it looks like, again, from the outside looking in, it's had its ups and downs. I mean, who hasn't, right? But um, what have you seen from that offensive line and where are you most concerned as far as the matchups against the Giants offensive line versus maybe the Giants front seven? You know, I think you start looking at the Chiefs offensive line and the interiors played fantastic. Uh, Creed Humphrey, I think, is one of – I'm not going to call him a top five center in the NFL already, but I think he's a top ten center in the NFL already. I think he is going to be a uh, blue-chip guy that is going to be in multiple Pro Bowls. I just think that's the type of talent he is. He has shown – I think he's only allowed one sack so far this year in – He's just been very good. Uh, PFF, I think, has them rated as their number one center. And then you look at Trey Smith, who was drafted in the sixth round. He has played fantastic as well. I think he has the opportunity to possibly make Pro Bowls in this future as well. Uh, But he's a different type of player. He is a guy that is more of a mauler than anything else. He's, He's a big body guy at 335. And I think he's played very well for Kansas City. Joe Tooney has shown up and, and has been everything is advertised. He broke his hand and is still playing through it uh, with a cast on, hasn't missed a snap. Um, so I think he's doing great. Orlando Brown Jr. is coming from an offense that was more run predicated. And I think he was used to firing out and getting you know people off the ball and running the ball a lot more than Kansas City's ever going to. Uh, so I think that's worked against him. And he's also a little bit heavier footed than a guy like Eric Fisher was last year. When you're looking at the differences between Eric Fisher and Orlando Brown Jr., you're looking at Fisher being a very athletic tackle, somebody that is going to be able to uh, get out in the, you know, the short passing game and maybe do some screens and that type of stuff, get downfield and, and block. That's not Orlando Brown. 
Brown's also not going to get the guys that are in wide nine and take them, you know, and be able to go 10 or 11 or 12 yards back uh, where Fisher could do that at times. So I think if they can get it figured out and they can put Brown Jr. in the right spot and they, you know, don't take as many deep drops or at least give him help if they're going to take deep drops, have a tight end chip somebody as they're coming off the edge. I mean, just give him a little bit of help. I think that will go a long way for Kansas City's offensive line. All right, Giant fans, we have more coming up on today's show. But first, make sure you check out betonline.ag, where you can get all the latest news, odds, info, and sign-up bonuses for all your sporting needs. That's betonline.ag. And when you head on over and create a new account using our promo code LOCKEDON, you can get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. That's betonline.ag, and that promo code is LOCKEDON. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, folks, you are on a crossover Thursday here on the Locked on Giants podcast. We are previewing the Kansas City Chiefs, whom the Giants will visit Monday night for Monday Night Football. Yeah, another night game. You know how I feel about these night games. I hate them. I hate Monday night football games, short work week, late nights. But, you know, we take them as they come on the schedule. And anyway, Chris Clark, co-host of the Lachlan Chiefs, is here. And he's helping me break down the Kansas City Chiefs, giving us some insight. And Chris, I've got to ask you about the Chiefs defense, as coordinated by a man that Giant fans will know, Steve Spagnuolo. The unit in the past was pretty good under Spags. This year, not so much. What has been the big difference as to why this defensive unit has kind of dropped off so much? It's really hard to say. And I would like to say that that going into this season, Ryan and I were both of the opinion that the Chiefs defensive line was going to be fantastic and that they were going to get pressure with four guys, which is something that Spags has always wanted to do, and that they were going to be successful doing that. And that hasn't, that hasn't happened. And that causes problems throughout the entire defense. When you haven't, when you're not getting pressure with four guys, then you have to start sending blitzes or you have to start sending linebackers on a blitz or, you know, even safeties and corners at times. And while that's okay at times, it's not the way you want to play defense. Generally speaking in the NFL, you want to be able to get pressure with four and Kansas City doesn't have a defensive end right now that can do that. Frank Clark's not doing it really well right now. Chris Jones isn't doing it really well right now. Jerron Reed isn't giving them pressure on the interior, which is what we expected to see. And Tashawn Warden is not really producing there either. So when you don't have pass rush, then you have guys that are sitting back there and throwing the ball all day long and can find wide receivers. Their corners are a little bit more suspect this year. They're playing a lot more man, and it doesn't seem to be working out very well uh, for the Chiefs defense at this point. And the weakest part of the defense at least from what we saw going into this season, was always going to be the linebacker unit. And it played out that way for the first five or six weeks. Nick Bolton's come on, and I think he's doing a lot better job now than he was when he first started. And now they're playing him at the middle linebacker position, which I think will help. And you have Willie Gay finally back from injury, and he's starting to get back involved in the defense as well. So I think that could help. But they have to get it figured out on the back end. And there's been too many breakdowns of communication. They've had some huge touchdown plays go – for touchdowns that should have never been touchdowns just because they can't communicate and they're not in the right place. Frustrating indeed. And giant fans can relate to that because their defense at times wasn't in the right place, especially on the back end. Now uh, just real quick, when you look at these matchups here, what do you think the X factor is in this game? 
Well, I think the X factor for me right now is is the Chiefs offense. And I say that mainly because if they hold on to the ball and they don't turn it over, I think that they can win against just about anybody. Uh, and that's not trying to slide the Giants or anybody else in the NFL. I just think that the Chiefs offense is that good if they hold on to the ball. The problem is they're not holding on to the ball. So when you turn it over three or four times, you're not going to win those games. So to me, if, if Mahomes is careful with the ball, doesn't fumble or doesn't throw INTs, I think that's huge. And I know that's oversimplifying things, but when that's what's been killing Kansas City week after week after week after week after week, you kind of have to just admit that it's really what's killing your team right now. And in terms of you know the matchups, the individual matchups, whether it be Giants offense, Chiefs defense, or vice versa, what are the ones that you're most concerned about? Right now, uh, I have to be concerned mostly with, you know, the Giants offense against the Chiefs defense. And it's mainly because I think that the Chiefs offense, if they play their game, they can score. Uh, But I'm not so sure that the Chiefs defense can stop anybody right now. It just doesn't seem like that they really can. They played well against the Washington football team, but that's a completely different ball game. Uh, than the week they played, you know, the one they played this past week against Tennessee. Uh, against Tennessee, they didn't have any points scored in the second half. They didn't have any points scored against them in the second half against the Western football team and only seven points against the Buffalo Bills. So they seem to be making a halftime adjustments. But can they start a little bit faster and get it to where it's not a two or three score game early in the first half? And then just going back to the mood coming off the loss, how much do you think that's going to factor in? I know a lot of coaches say, you know, forget about the previous week, win or or lose, but players are human. They don't forget. And, you know, especially if they have a good day, they, they're good. They think, okay, I've got the confidence now we'll, we'll carry it forward. Or if they have a bad day, as was the case with the chiefs in general, they, they, they're ticked off and they're wanting to prove that they're not as bad as they looked the week before. How do you see that factoring into, you know, how the chiefs might approach this game? I think it has to, to play into this game. And I think the reason it plays into this game is because at this point, Kansas city is going to be fighting for the playoffs. Uh, If they want to have a chance at the playoffs, they cannot lose this game. And, and it's not really just because it's the giants. It's more of you start looking at the rest of their schedule. I was thinking that it would be easier in the second half But the next three games, you know, the Packers, the Raiders, and the Cowboys, that's not going to be easy. And if you can get two out of three in that uh, scenario, I think you're doing very well. But they really need to go three and one. They need to get to a point where they have, you know, six wins and five losses. And that's even going to be a stretch going forward. Or, you know, seven wins and and five losses. That's going to be a stretch going forward. So they have to win this game. If they don't show up ready to play this game – they'll lose just like they did against Tennessee. And then finally, Chris, give me your prediction. Man, I've been so far off at times this year. I really think that Kansas City should be able to win this game. It's at home. It's on Monday night. They just got embarrassed on basically national TV because the Tennessee-Kansas City game was in so many markets uh, last week. If they don't show up for this game, that they might as well just, you know, pack it in for the rest of the season. I think Kansas City scores – I'd say 31 points, I, but I, I'm not so sure that the Giants don't score 27 or 28 just because Kansas City's defense has shown that they can't stop anybody right now. Well, that's if the Giants get some guys back healthy because, you know, I, I, I don't know if it's going to be a, a scoring shootout per se, but uh, I'm curious to see if uh, the Giants can get some of these guys back. I think maybe they can keep up, maybe with the Chiefs, uh, if it comes down to a scoring shootout, which hopefully it won't, but 
you know, you never know. That's why you line up and you play the game. Chris, great sure. stuff. Thank you so much for joining us. And of course, Giant fans, thank you so much for tuning in, making us your first listen of the day here on the Locked on Giants podcast. Make sure you keep it here for the rest of the week. And also on Monday, Monday, we're going to have an interview coming up. We're going to have a show on Friday for you. Um, So I've got plenty of stuff coming up for you guys and gals. Hope you will check us out. And don't forget to check out the Locked on Chiefs podcast all this week, not just the crossover show, but all this week. Those guys are giving you all the information you need about the Chiefs. They're breaking it down and doing a great job. And so blessed to be a part of this network. For Chris Clark, I am Patricia Trena. Giant fans, we will talk to you again tomorrow.